While we're doing this. Hello. Is this on? I just went through months of rigorous voice training. I hope my voice is really good. Isn't this really good? Like, I, I can't even <sighs> form sentences. I gotta go back. I gotta go back, Jared. Three months from now, I'll be back. All right. Uh, sorry to make you guys wait longer, but this is very important to us. Quality. Quality. Just stop talking. <laughs> Your disgusting voice. This is going to be the most pristine, greatest little shuffle product we've ever created. Perfect. Spotless. Ooh. Ooh. It's so spotless it hurts. Ooh, Ooh. it's going to hurt. It's got sharp edges, soft edges. Oh, my God. It's the got everything. softest, sharp edges. It's going to have drama. It's going to have comedy. It's going to have a little romance. It's going to have some <laughs> heavy tragedy. And then there's going to be some crazy action. And then, I don't know, a musical at the end. Right? <laughs> a little Bollywood. A little Bollywood. Yeah. Actually, that's my number one album called Little Bollywood. Little Bollywood. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> is, that, is Little Bollywood the name of the album? Or, the, mm -hmm. or is that like a new rapper? Like Little Bollywood? <laughs> yeah, Little Yachty. Little Bollywood. Little Bolly. <laughs> so, uh, I know it is well into 2017, but... Not if you're in denial, like me. That's true. It's still 2016, baby. Just keep on killing celebrities. It's February 2016. There's no way Trump would win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Woo. Yeah, give me more music, baby. Just so, the, just so the listener knows, Dominic's <laughs> crying blood right now. While maybe, he just hey, that. maybe Bernie will win. <laughs> Who knows? But at least he's going to push Hillary more to the left. Yeah. She'll be the best president. God, we're going to look back and laugh that Trump almost won. <laughs> Nuts. Uh, Lisa's great music, too. No, nothing distracts me politically. Yeah. So it, since it's February 2016, <laughs> it is the, the inevitable Groundhog's Year. We're going to mm -hmm. talk about our top five albums from 2015. All right. Uh, oh, man, let's see. To Pimp a Butterfly... Tenarowin. Tame Impala. It was very timely. Tame Impala. Tame Impala. Grimes. Panda Bear. Panda Bear, that's right. Health. Uh, One of tricks point never. Nice. Wait, um, Father John Misty. Father John Misty. I'm trying to think of your fifth one. Wait, is that it? Kendrick was our one Kendrick. lap over. Help us out, listeners. <laughs> Wait, Kendrick. Mm. Kendrick was your number three. Tame Impala. Tenarowin. Or, or maybe that was five. Tenarowin. Kendrick, Tenarowin, Father John, Tame Impala, Panda Bear. Okay, that is all five for you. She. I'll believe this, man. All right, we're well, doing it live. That's our top five. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, where we learned how to count to five. <laughs> so we're going to finally tackle our top five albums of 2016 mm -hmm. i almost said 15 because he piece of shit <laughs> um the listeners if you've listened to the previous two episodes with max and eric you might have heard me kind Man, of talk screw those they guys. weren't real yeah Come fuck on. them I, I talked tentatively about some of my albums but i have a definitive list now 
don't talk about those aren't canon for the listeners no episode without me is canon this is all just taking part in a parallel shuffle universe the shuffle canon you gotta pick your side it's 2017 it's man. the shuffle pick your side the shuffle multiverse are you on my side my side is huge thank you how thank he, you, how everyone. big is it thank you how big is it bigger than your hands pal man i was trying to <laughs> i was trying to throw the audience a dick joke hey let's keep it clean <laughs> 2017. Come on, let's be decent. 2016. 2016. Um, Hillary's gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be the name of this this episode. <laughs> Hillary's gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to we'll be recommending some tracks off of these albums, and I will be throwing together a playlist of our top tracks off the albums. So you can, because there's not like a traditional playlist for this episode. Before we get into the list, did you have any honorable mentions that you just mm. wanted to briefly throw out there? I had a couple, but if you don't, no worries. Yes and no. All right. I cheated, basically. I cheated. Okay. Dude, I just could not pick which one to make honorable mention, which one to make number five, so I have a tie for five. And I can't I can't compromise on okay. it. Cannot compromise. So we'll on just it. cover both of those <laughs> when we get to your number five. Though. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I know um, it's cheating, but I just couldn't No, it's fine. Some of my honorable like one of my honorable mentions was the Nine Inch Nails EP that dropped like literally right two weeks end. before the end of the year, not the actual events. So I didn't feel like I could throw on the list one because it's not an album. It's five songs and two just because of how little time I got to spend with it before the end of the year. But I think, I mean, coming from a very biased place, think it is a great EP. It's kind of the album that came out right before this hesitation marks was supposed to be kind of this throwback to the old early to mid 90s nine inch nails Mm. sound but i think many people thought it was still a little too polished and flat nine inch nails Mm. in the mid 90s was really known for its densely textured and layered sounds Mm. and while this might not be that there's a lot of guitar texture but it's a throwback in that it's Trent is such a control freak. Like every little bleep and bloop and sound has so much thought put into it. In this, you could tell they just kind of let go and let it cut. It's sloppy. It's hard. It's intense. It's ugly sounding. It's truly like one of the most actual industrial things I think they've done in a very long time. I should check it out. I haven't checked it out. Yeah, it's great. It's short. It's simple. It's sweet. It's five tracks long. Mm. It's very abrasive. It's not pretty sounding. I mean, Trent's always going to make it catchy. The thing that he's known for is kind of taking very dissonant sounds and making adding like pop catch sensibilities to that. And I think that's still laid in there. But it's definitely way more hidden underneath everything else because it is just kind of a lot of yelling and static and noise and <laughs> anger. When this is the first album with a new official member. Yeah, that's Isn't true. It? This, uh, yep. Uh, for the entirety of Nine Inch Nails' existence as a band, Trent has always been the only sole member. And now his long, <laughs> long standing writing partner Atticus Ross has officially been added as 
the first official second member of Nine Inch Nails. So you just gotta like win an Oscar and Grammys. That's what it takes. It is. <laughs> if you if you win a couple Oscars and Grammys, <laughs> yeah. Chance gonna be like, all right, I fine. guess you're all right. all right. No, but and he's stated that there's two major Nine Inch Nails releases coming out this year. So if this EP is any sort of glimpse into what those sound like, I am very excited. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, and then I. We don't have to. I don't have to go on about it. But a couple other honorable mentions that I like. I battled about putting on the list, but couldn't. Were like uh, David Bowie's Black Star. Yeah, that should. That's an honorable mention for me too. And and Run the Jewel. It didn't make it to my top five. Well, that's see. Okay. It's a good album. That officially didn't get dropped till after. That was in January. Or no, no it was. You're right. It, it was got released early. Release. I completely forgot. See, but I didn't have the time. It was supposed to come out in January, but yeah. they dropped it three weeks early. Christmas present. Yeah, and then like uh, Radiohead's "The Moon Shaped yeah, Pool." That's honorable mention. Like that album was kind of underwhelming i think but like i went back and like looked at my last fm account which like monitors how much i listen i listen to that album a lot and i know a lot of it was in preparation for our episode about yeah. it but I, th- I think it's a pretty good album it's very it, honestly, i think we it gave is, it like a nine out of ten i think you i think it will stand for some reason it didn't like stick with me like these other albums did but i have a feeling like it's an album i will listen to yeah. For a long time, because it was very good, but it just didn't quite. It was very subdued. Yeah, maybe it's a more 2017 album now. It didn't fit the mood of 2016. Those freewheeling days where life was just fun and carefree. Yeah, yeah I guess. Would never win. Are we, you kidding me? We need a nice sad yeah. album to stew in. I'm gonna listen to that tonight while I cry. <laughs> my <laughs> to my picture my of Hillary crying, Clinton. <laughs> my nightly crying ritual. <laughs> and then, I don't know. Not trying to bring up parts of your list, so you don't have to re- react to this at all. Keep your hands off my list, you pervert. But Danny Brown's Atrocity Exhibition was on my honorable mention list. Honorable mention? Ouch, man. It man. almost made it on my top five, but Old. I just, I don't know. There just was something about it where, like, I really appreciated. We can talk about this more mm-hmm. if it comes up later. So, those were my honorable mentions. Let's hop to your tied number five spot. The original, I just couldn't pick. I couldn't pick. But honestly, the honorable mention is probably Alex Cameron. Okay, the Australian fella. Alex Cameron's Jumping the Shark. But I've listened to it so much that I was like, it it has to be in my top five. Because I love that album. And the song I recommend listening to is Take Care of Business. That's kind of a great taking care of business. business. And actually, you know that that whole idea, that song even, that is very much like a trope in a vernacular that he's playing off of. Like the happy go lucky, if you try hard you can win. Get shit done. And the whole album I think it's become Tiny Mixtape has a great like um review of the album that from like July, I think, and they're like, this might be. They and they actually mentioned Donald Trump. They're like, this might be like a, you know one of the first like Age of Donald Trump albums because pretty much every song is about someone who's persistently proud and egotistical, but being a total failure and a total narcissist, and to the point where it becomes very pathetic. And and actually, the more you. First, I'll just say it's just kind of lo-fi electronica that sounds kind of like 
with kind of crap, almost crappy, like just dinky, a guy in his basement. But the lyrics are very, very good. And there's, there's always a nice melody. It's like 30 minutes total. But the lyrics really bring you back because they're very dark. They're very dark and they're constantly just narratives of failure, just total failure. After you brought this guy up on the podcast, I checked him out and I like watched, I think about like three or four music yeah. videos of his on YouTube. And what I appreciated is every music video featured him doing like just really shitty dance moves yep. and all of them just like <laughs> he's wearing like a really cheap looking suit and he's just like shittily dancing yep. to his own and music. he puts on prosthetics so it makes it look like he has like acne scarred skin but he doesn't really oh, <laughs> what is his reasoning for that he it's just this actually it's is it like an, a character yeah because actually he's part of a he was part of an electronic australian band and he did this album like four years ago and he created this whole like counter uh, persona around it of this like just totally burnt out like kind of like vegas strip lounge singer who used to be huge and now is just a total failure but like won't let it go and so he like wanted to create that as much as possible and so he would even put on like fake prosthetics and like and all the songs are kind of different variations of like being this super pathetic show business guy you know I never made this connection before, but that's really reminding me of Andy Kaufman's yeah. uh, Tony What's His Face yep. character. Yeah, almost. Tony, yeah, whatever that yeah. is. Yep, 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 yep. Huh, interesting. I didn't know it was a character. Yeah, 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 it's a okay. character. Yeah. Is his Which, name actually Alex Cameron yeah. then? Yeah, okay. and now he's given up. He, did, he, like, once the album was picked up by a major record label last year, he was kind of done, like, with the whole, like, facial prosthetics. But he still kind of puts on an affect. The whole album is like this kind of affect of of basically just a total narcissist who's so pathetic. But there's there's just this... When you listen to it, there's this kind of distance where you just kind of listen to the wreckage and the futility. And it's very relevant to 2017, I think. So it's ahead of its time. Ahead of its time. And then the other tie break... The other well, tie... For, before oh, you say that... What's the track you recommend? Take of? care of business. Oh, t oh, yeah. you said that. I'm sorry. Okay. Take care of business. It's alright. It's very good. It's very good. And then the other one, which I won't go into as much, because I I can't speak about it fluently, except I just recognize as an art critic <laughs> that it was probably one of the best albums of the year was and Oni's oh. Hopelessness. Oh, Hopelessness. Yeah, okay, Hopelessness yes. by Anoni. I actually am not sure how to say it. Oh, that. actually, I, I I looked this up. It's, um, you have to pronounce the H in what? it. What? Anoni's? Okay. Yeah, it, it's, um, Anohini. Oh, my God. You pronounce God. it Anohini. Anohini. Anohini, yeah. Oh, my God. That's okay. how you pronounce it. Formerly Antony and the... Johnson's? Johnson's, yeah. yeah. Um, but she is now under Enohani. And uh, Hopelessness, it is also probably kind of ahead of its time. It's in the sense of 2016 where the glory days and now what the hell is she complaining about? But uh, <laughs> the song I would recommend is Drone Bombing. Drone Bombing. It's a great song. It is a great song. With 10 Tricks Point Never's production. And Hudson Mohawk. And Hudson Mohawk, yeah. too. So, yeah, it's a disorienting but it's very rhythmic, which you kind of want to tricks point never. You've listened to him more. He's very disorienting, but there is, 
at least in my memory, there's always like a very good sense of like rhythm. Oh yeah, definitely. Given given how experimental he is, like yes. he's very and that on Drone Bomb Me, it's like a perf. It's put to perfect effect, and the whole album is just a thick confluence of gender, sexuality, fear of death, war, Politics. political repression, freedom, climate change. So I mean, really, it could be a new genre of protest songs. It's, it's a like good album. There's no metaphor. It's just yeah. so just like it is one of the most in your face, blatant a lot of a lot of big topics. Like you yeah. said, like there's literally a song called Obama. Yeah. On on the <laughs> Which album. is honestly probably not one of the best. No, it's little... actually one of my least favorite tracks. Yeah, but like drone bomb me. Fantastic song. Well, in the next one too, the, the what is it, it's seventy-two degrees outside yep. or whatever. That I really like that track. Yeah, too. but no, yeah, it's drone a, bomb me. It's really catchy. And then if you listen to the lyrics, you're like, "Fuck!" It's like, dark. Yeah. It's... Spill my purple on the floor. Ex- expose my crystal guts. Yeah. And yeah, it's dark stuff. But cut it, my head off. <laughs> it really is to me. It's like almost like a new new type of protest not i mean i could be wrong but like highly produced electronic music i don't usually hear oh, yeah, mixed with protest because like i i don't think like <laughs> the idea of like folk protest music that doesn't exist yeah really so much no. these days and usually electronic dance oriented music is no. not lyrically heavy no so it's an interesting mix and one of tricks point never in Hudson Mohawk, it's it's a pretty. I just can't wait combo. till Skrillex remixes it and cuts out all those bullshit <laughs> yeah. words and it just puts in words. wubs yeah, and dubs. Yeah, yeah. So what's your number five? My number five is the album Vadirer by El Huervo. Oh. Uh, I think Vadirer. It's V A D E R E E R. Vadirer. I think is how you say it. Mm. By El Huervo. Uh, El Huervo, if you listen to the most, one of the more recent non canon episodes of Shuffle with <laughs> Eric Johnston on it, one of the tracks we talked about was by El Huervo. He's a Swedish trip hop uh, electronic music producer. Most famously, he did a lot of uh, a portion of the music and the album or the game art for the the highly popular indie video game Hotline Miami One and Two. He did. There's actually a character in the game based off of him, and he did some of like the cool, more trip hoppy, uh, lo-fi kind of chill tracks uh. to the soundtrack. Okay, nice. And he just put out an album this last year. And the thing that it's kind of like a creeper of an album to me, whereas, like, I wouldn't say it was particularly amazing or incredible. It's very good for, like, passive background listening. Yeah. I I hope that doesn't come across as insulting. (laughs) It's just, it's very chill and enjoyable and not offensive at all. Yeah. And, like, I looked and, like, I don't like it's probably one of the most listened to albums I for the whole year, but I just didn't talk about it because like I didn't think about yeah. it. Yeah. But I listen to it so much and it's just it's if you enjoy like truly instrumental hip hop or trip hop music that's just like 
really nice beat, but kind of slow BPMs nice. and kind of like 1970s movie orchestration sampled in yeah. there with weird voices and really chill guitar. This is the album for you. Nice. And nice. the the track I'd recommend off of that is Rust. It's there. It's most of the tracks are pretty lengthy, like five to seven minutes long, and it's just. If you're having a nice, chill hangout party, this is like the perfect album to put on. Is it in any way like the Avalanches? The Avalanches, I would say, is even way more active listening. Okay. Because the Avalanches, there's so much thought, I yeah, feel, heavy, put heavy into like the sampling yeah. and yeah. the references. Especially with their, like, their new album yeah. that just came out where they actually had like featured singers yeah. and rap artists yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just totally kind of ch chill music. Nice. Off the so like I'd say like yeah, even more kind of subdued version of the Avalanche nice. if you were to compare yeah. the two. But yeah, that's El Huervo. And if you want to learn more about him as a person, his he's actually this amazing watercolor artist. Really? Like you gotta check out some of his art. If you wanna learn more about him, listen to that non-canon episode with Eric, because we <laughs> go deep into kind of his background and he's a pretty cool dude. Nice. Yep. Nice. Alright, so Dominic, what is your number four? Number four is the only non-pop selection. Ooh. Which is Ian William Craig's criminally underrated album, Center. Center. Which is by far, I didn't listen to all the ambient music that came out, but it was by far, to me, the best ambient album I've heard in the last like two or three years. It's a total masterpiece of an album. I recommend as a primer, A Single Hope. Because it's a nice kind of segue into what he does with the kind of transcendent electronic ambient music with very thoughtful, almost religious type lyrics and a great voice. But pretty much after that song, which is the second song, the album really takes off where it's like pretty much any formal structure of pop or melody is just gives way to sort of just constant splintering of sounds. He uses the same William Basinski fragmented tapes. So, you know, he plays it again and again. And you the disintegration hear tapes. Yeah, you hear them kind of tearing apart. So it really, again, it's one of the best albums of ambient type music I've heard in a long time. Kind of apocalyptic voyage into just sounds of deter things deteriorating, fracturing, but what makes it so unique to me is the quality of his voice. Well, his yeah, I was I was just gonna say for that any, makes it completely unique for anyone who's ever been turned off by ambient music just by kind of like oh it's it's too boring, it's too long, it's too same sounding. Yeah, not many ambient acts I feel incorporate voice, yeah. and for those who do. They're not classically trained operatic yeah, voices. Exactly. Like he has a he has a beautiful yep. voice. Yeah. Which I think adds a whole refreshing layer onto the ambient yeah. sound. And when in because a lot of in a lot of the the body of the album, he almost just kind of does like Gregorian style. Like kind of mm -hmm. just sounds like sacred music. And like you can hear you can understand the lyrics maybe half the time. Um, but it really 
uses his voice like an instrument. And I mean, if just if you're thinking of like who are acclaimed vocalists in like electronic genres, Enoch Ni is one, James Blake, James even Blake. Tom York, I would say. Yeah. He, this guy's voice is just truly of a higher level. It's so good that it almost takes you a while to to feel like it sounds right. And I'm not saying that to sound like a like an elitist, but like his voice is so classically good that it almost sounds weird that he's doing an album like this. Yeah. It's almost like it does it, it feels fit? like why, it, are you, why are you doing this? But it's just it's a beautiful beautiful album that just constantly like blends and crackles and you just kind of feel like you're bearing witness to like a last archival trace of a dead religion. That's how I would describe it. It's just this weird like you're bearing witness to just something dying. The death of yeah. something. But in a very beautiful way. It's very transcendent. So in a way, it's good It's good if you're feeling bittersweet. Sure. If you're feeling kind of bittersweet. Now, you're more familiar with this album than me. I remember, if I remember correctly, the first track, there's a pretty heavy effect laid on his voice. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. for most of the album or is that isolated to that for most of the album his voice is heavy reverb okay yep heavy reverb and maybe it's a different effect too there's a few especially the last track which is just the first track acoustic it's just his voice standalone and other times his voice sometimes it like that first song it's heavy um other times it just sounds more like he's singing in a church Okay, so Which is still a reverb, still yeah. a reverb effect, but less heavy of it. Well, yeah, that first track, I, w- I don't want to say auto tune, but there's definitely kind of like a weird. It almost reminds I think me in of the first um, one. There is a little bit of. Auto-tune. It reminds yeah. me of the effect that Frank Ocean uses on his voice in the "Close to You" yeah. song, where it's kind of like just a little, or even t- like trebled up, or, or like that there. emotion heap song, where it's like a bunch of different versions of his voice singing at different pitches, yep. kind of laid over each other, yep. a bit or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, those first two songs are really good. But I highly recommend just sitting down and getting into the whole album because the other tracks that are much less conventionally pop are really fan- some of the best ambient music I've heard. And again, just the vocals, like you, like you were saying too, it's just it's rare mm-hmm. for someone to, to do lyrics and vocals for ambient. It's great. I highly recommend it. Great album. Yeah. You're number four. My number four... Going back to our Vaporwave special. Nice. I was wondering if there's a Vaporwave we, sneak on. We talked about an artist. Yep. Uh, I don't remember what number it was. Well, it was the... It's a guy named Blank Banshee. And yeah. he was the one that was credited for starting this subgenre of Vaporwave called Vapor Trap. Yeah. Where you mixed trap music with Vaporwave. And I believe... I haven't listened to it in a while, but going back, that was kind of the point in our vaporwave journey where we recognized that they were starting to like make actual thoughtful music. Yeah. But they yep. weren't quite there yet. It yep. was still kind of gimmicky. Yeah. Well, that track we reviewed on that album or that episode was off of his first album. I think the song was called Teen Pregnancy. Yep. This album he just put out this year, the 2016 album Mega, is now his third 
album. Oh, and wow. That's... He has definitely matured as a musician. And while I still think there are little bits and pieces and nods to Vaporwave, I think Blank Banshee is doing what I feel like the successful witch house artists that made it out of that bubble burst of witch house yeah. where it's like, okay, we started with this internet gimmick, but now we want to be real musicians. Refined. Yes. Yeah. There are nice. still little bits of like, like they sound like I, I, there's a couple like samples in it of like, you know, like the Intel. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Like I think he samples that briefly. Nice. Nice. But, I, I can't confirm if it's his voice, but there is a singular reoccurring voice that appears on some of these tracks. So it's like, I think he's actually putting in lyrics and hmm. writing songs now for some of them. But even for the instrumental tracks, it's just much more refined. And this is just kind of like a nice, really chill, like chill wave EDM nice. album. Yeah, I need to check it out because I remember... I remember both the Blank Banshee song thinking exactly like you said. This was finally someone seemed like they had like a intuition of how they could use aspects of Vaporwave yeah. into some larger statement. And, and I so think yeah, I like, I don't think I think he still has to grow a little bit. Yeah, it, it is still kind of it's very plasticky and like way too like smooth and clean sounding if that makes sense like there's some room for texture and like organic thought yeah while still being highly synthetic and robotic and clean and futuristic sounding but just from like a simple songwriting standpoint it's just it's much more complex the melodies are like you can tell that he's not just sampling old 1970s funk music anymore and slowing it down like he's actually writing songs yeah yeah so i don't know like it's it's really short album i think it's like not even 20 something minutes long but really (laughs) like i just especially right when it came out i couldn't stop playing it it's just it's really catchy it's really enjoyable it's chill what's the name of it again the mega Mega. blank banshee albums called mega and it's you know, it's just, and it's very inoffensive. It's just enjoyable, yeah. very poppy, very laid back. Yeah. Nice. Totally enjoyable. Nice. And it makes me excited that some artists have made it out of the vaporwave bubble and are yeah. going to become, I believe he being one of them will be like a fully... A full-fledged electronic artist Artists. who's making nice. good, intelligent music at nice. some point. So what's uh, what's your number three? Is the, finally, he'll get some respect, Danny Brown, Atrocity okay, Exhibition. So, okay. Now, I come at this from someone who's not as well-versed or even invested in rap like you are. So, so it's a sort of maybe kind of different set of expectations as well. Um not better or worse but just kind of you know different to me the the song i recommend is the one that immediately got me into the album 
which is the first one. I was absolutely hooked with Downward, Downward Spiral. Spiral. And I really think it is one of the best songs on and the album. And an Inch Nails reference. No, That's kidding. Is I, it actually? Well, it could be for all I know with him. Could, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I did like, I've, I've kind of become a huge Danny Brown fan in these past couple months, which should just... I feel bad for not sticking him <laughs> on my list, but like he's like highly inspired by like Joy Division, Joy Division, Division right? yeah. and like new like he said like his vocals because his vocals are very different on this very album. Different, he was actually yeah. trying to emulate Jonathan Davis, the lead singer of Corn, a really? lot on this album. Nice. So like, yeah, yeah, he's a yeah. very complex dude. I could so see that. So the Nine yeah. Inch Nails' like biggest album was the Downward Spiral. Yeah, I have no idea if it's a reference it to it. It could or not, be, but, but no, this song, it's a to me, this song is great in a way that I, again, it probably makes no sense to someone who would just come from the rap, which isn't you, but if someone was just a rap purist, but to me, I actually this song genuinely to me draws comparisons to Tom Waits. Definitely, the, the music is so. I've never heard a, like the music is, of that. Yeah, I've never heard anything like that it's, before. It's gritty. It's dissonant. It's and it's a fusion of lyrics and vocal style that I honestly, I'm you know Kendrick Lamar does a lot of different stuff with his voice. Like mm-hmm. you know we talked about last year, but I almost think Danny Brown's voice, which I initially hated, you can testify that I couldn't listen to it. I hated it. I could it too. not listen to it. But once in this song in particular. Where his voice in the lyrics, where he's, you know, paranoid and think I'm seeing ghosts. Oh, shit. And anyone else delivering that, it could sound stupid. Just like a lot of Tom Waits' single lyrics. Anyone else, it's stupid. But with him, it is such a vision that it's very evocative. It just calls to mind a whole world of its own. And this song, I it just... It is like its own little disgusting gutter world. It's very disgusting. Just like Tom Waits. Tom Waits, a lot of his songs, it sounds like it's just like someone's disgusting gutter experience now given to us. This one as well. And yeah, the the, the sounds are... Are fantastic and really dough. Really dough is. Wait, like, I can't not mention that. But honestly, Earl's sweatshirt. This feature is amazing. That's the best part of it too. I mean, I love Danny Brown, Kendrick Lamar, but Earl's sweatshirt. That's like one of my favorite like rap verses of the whole year. Few other things, just yep. to give it props. Just and feel free to jump in because I know you like oh. this album too. Again little bit of what i know about rap that this is contributing to is his he kind of dares to poke fun at if not always deconstruct tropes of like masculinity or hedonism if it's constantly accumulating and living a party life is fun then you hear it also being a nightmare yeah (laughs) on this album which is cool and the song pneumonia i don't necessarily even like the lyrics all that much but the if you listen to the refrain and just listen to the instrumentation it literally sounds like someone is just haphazardly smashing a sheet of metal and i i honestly would like if i saw him right now i would shake his hand just because of that how on earth do you think of making your refrain hook literally do you know i don't know if you can remember this off the top of your head but like there's just like metal being smashed like yeah it's it's abrasive. <laughs> yeah, it's very abrasive. I'm like, 
like the whole like because like i've kind of delved back into his earlier discography is it similar or not quite no not quite like yeah i will say he's always he's always been a unique voice in the hip-hop world like that's what he's known for being kind of like this there's no one else like danny yeah but like his his vocal choices on this album were extremely there was like there was intent he meant to sound like that because he doesn't yeah, yeah. he sounds like a caricature of himself on most of these tracks like a muppet or something and i think it's just as this whole idea of this atrocity exhibition where yeah. it's kind of like i mean I, I think it's a really strong political stance almost where it's like you are calling me as in this black young man a monster so of course here i am here i'm a monster you yeah. made me this so yeah. this is what i am so yeah. i think it's a, it's a huge thing especially yeah. like if you go back to his like even just his most recent album it's called old there's a track on there called smoking and drinking which is all about smoking and, and drinking, drinking. yeah so like this is just a huge leap. Yeah, it's just like max. Politically and, and intellectually, like, yeah. I'm not saying like he, it's not like he, I'm not saying he wasn't intellectual back then, but I think he fell into some of the more classic hip hop, like, you know, bitches and drinking and yep. partying and money. And yep. and I think, I don't know what happened. I know he's been to prison, but that was like a while ago. And dep- I know mental illness yeah. too. He's that, yeah. And yeah. I think he's finally kind of writing about some real shit. Yeah. Which yeah, excites it takes, me. It's still in the same vocabulary of like the hoes and the drugs. Yeah. But it takes it, like you said, it takes it to like oh, so maximal to the point where it is like a political statement. He like car- makes a character of himself yeah, I, in a way that's very performative i can't think of what song it is but there's like a song where he talks about like eating a girl out and comparing the smell to cool ranch doritos or something (laughs) like that it's just like and i I gotta say the only other thing is dance in the water you did really like the refrain of that track i remember dance in the water when if you just listen to it in the because it's the only song that's like I think you would ever really dance to dance in the water but like when it hits when that song hits it it almost hits like an epiphany it's like perfectly situated in the album i just love because it comes right after pneumonia yeah and and it's just a perfect like it it almost sounds like kind of like talking heads instrumentation some of it it's almost kind of i don't know love the album i love the album it's Danny a great Brown. album, and it's it's just so I haven't heard anything like no, it before. And I think no. I think we talked about this a while ago when we talked about this album right when it came out. But I found it very interesting that this album, similar to Frank Ocean's Blonde, are like these like albums whose history come from drum and bass based music and yep. how little percussion. Like other yeah. than really dough, there's not like a treble based no. beat on this album really. like pneumonia it's yeah. just like sheet metal someone just the downward sheet- spiral is just kind of like this like bendy no, yeah. guitar yeah. sound and like yeah. weird horns yeah <laughs> like which creates it. a new it, one you know not to get too just like talking like i'm stoned but because of that i almost feel like the album creates like a different kind of like space of rap and his voice because you don't hear that constant beat coming yeah and so there's this more fluidity sometimes it sounds sloppy but it's always seems like danny brown like knows exactly what he's doing exactly yeah 
No, I, it's a great album. It yeah. should probably be on my top five list. I just like lit, like sitting there and thinking about what albums I listen to the most. While I have so much respect for that, it didn't get as many plays yeah. recreationally as these other ones. So I just I see didn't that's feel how I right. felt about my number five. Like I listened yeah. to Alex Cameron more, but I thought I know he was like a more I mean? important album. Yeah, but I listen to Alex Cameron yeah. way more. Yeah, yeah. Your number. My number three, to keep with this pattern of mostly lyricless <laughs> electronic albums, is Tycho's nice. new album. Now, I I always said Epoch, but I've heard some people pronounce it Epic. It's Wait, how's it spelled? E-P-O-C-H. I look at it and I say Epoch, but I've heard some people pronounce it Epic, and... I don't even know what that word means. I should have done some research, but... Are they French? No, he's from San Francisco. <laughs> I'd say Epoch. I have no idea. Let's I'll see. concede to the knowledge, the hive mind. Of Epoch. Oh, it is pronounced epic. E-P-E-K. Epic. Huh. A period of time in history or a person's life, typically one marked by notable events or particular characteristics. That's what... Wow. It's a English Tudor word. Hmm. It also Damn. has a geology definition. The division of time that is a subdivision of a period and is in and itself subdivided into ages <laughs> corresponding to a series in chronostatography. All right. Well, anyway, Tycho's new album. What's it mean for the album? Epic. Do you understand the album now? <laughs> I guess in some ways. So Tycho has been one of my favorite artists for a very long time. He actually found me. Back in high school, I had this shitty electronic music project called Wixen. and had a MySpace for it. And back then, it was, an, it was very common for other electronic musicians to just add people as friends in order to like gain a following. Yeah. So one day this guy named Tycho added me on MySpace nice. and I checked out his tr his track and he had this album called The Sunrise Projector and it's like some of the most beautiful, chill, down-tempo electronic music that you'll ever hear. Very ethereal and atmospheric nice. and samples like weird weather channel voices and just kind of almost hypnotic in nature and then he kind of disappeared for a while he's actually like a working graphic designer too he has some beautiful hmm. beautiful album art and then he came back with this album called awake and you could tell it was the beginning of this movement where he went from being kind of this solo bedroom electronic music guy and he had this intent of wanting to make like full band music. So then he had this second album, which is called Awake, which is really interesting because he live played all the instrumentation on it with real instruments, but wow. then cut it all into tiny pieces and sampled everything. <laughs> so it's like the most precise sounding actual wow. instrumentation you'll hear. Wow. And then he came out with this ne the next album. Shit, no. This, that next album is called Awake. What is... Fuck. Can't think, think of it right now. Google it. We'll cut it out. I have it right over there. <laughs> <laughs> He's walking over to it. 
Sorry. So the, <laughs> the second album was called Dive. The third album was called Awake, and that's when he actually started to move into like a full band. And then with this last one, Epic, it's also full band. And I will say the most interesting thing about Tycho is he still makes chill, down-tempo, electronic music. Hmm. But now he does it with a full band. And it's weird because wow. it's full band, full instrumentation, but it it's like, and it's recorded with a rock sensibility, but it literally sounds like chill, ambient, down-tempo, nice. electronic music. Nice. So it's like some of the most intricately played, but also still kind of simple, chill melodies yeah. that you'll hear. And it's, it's all instrumental. There's yeah. no voices... Other than like maybe some sampled oohs and ahs and voices, but nice. Yeah, I've, I've listened to Tycho just a little bit, and I've always liked it. Yeah. But I've never, I've never gotten into it. I should check. No, it. I mean, yeah, it again. Like, I'm showing kind of my taste. I like chill, relaxing, kind of passive sounding music. This isn't going to be in your. This is no Danny Brown album, <laughs> to say the least. And I guess the, the name of Epic kind of makes sense because he keeps talking about how these trilogy of albums dive awake in Epic and how this ends this trilogy he put out. So I don't know if that means this is the end of Tycho or if hmm. it's Tycho's going to now make another move into a different direction. Yeah. But yeah. like you can definitely, and it's interesting if you listen to all three of them, you can hear this kind of idea of this rock sensible electronic music fully comes into like what it is and you can hear like a progression and how he's trying to find the sound and it really does like everything comes together with this epic album it's probably nice. like one of his most concise well crafted albums that he's ever put out nice. and it's it's really enjoyable and oh you know i just realized i never said the one track i wanted to recommend off of mega which oh, is yeah. hungry ghost so then the track i recommend off of epic by Tycho is source but i will say with the Tycho album like every track on this is great you could close your eyes and throw a dart in whatever track you hit it's going to be enjoyable and it's going to give you a good sense of what this whole album sounds like but it's nice. also it's not like the same song repeated it's just he has his craft down to such a science where it's like this is no one else can make this track this is a type yeah, of track nice yeah so yeah I, I mean i don't have a lot to say about it because there's not any thought provoking ideas really other than just kind of kind of all of because he's very influenced by san francisco so all of his music has classic kind of ocean beach warm mm. fuzzy organic kind of vibes to nice. it so it's really chill relaxing happy music for the most part nice yeah so uh, let's move on to your number two probably like the total opposite of happy music this is leonard cohen's you want it darker which is <laughs> it's got to be one of the most depressing albums i've listened to maybe my entire life but in a way that it's redemptive too it's it's sad and it's bleak but i like it in particular because there's something redeeming about it there's something very human about it and it's basically allegedly he had to record some of this like with microphones like propped up to his face while he was like laying in bed because he was you know he's passed so is away this is this know. like 
Is this like Black Star where he basically made an album about dying? Yeah. Or yeah, like Johnny is. Cash's last album where everyone's like, yeah, this was like his goodbye album. Yeah, which he more or less said too in an interview. He's like, this is my last album. I'm ready to die. And then his fans freaked out and he had to be like, oh, not really. I'm kind of kidding. But and then no, he died. I'm seriously going to die. And then he died. Actually, Sadly. you know, not to change the topics, but just Iggy Pop, he just put out that album with um, Josh Homme of yeah. Queens of the Stone Age. And he also said... He's like, I'm not planning on dying soon, but I'm this. I'm, I don't want to record any more albums, so this is my last album. That's and that came out this last year too. I hope he doesn't secretly have it. <laughs> I hope so. But anyway, keep telling, talking. No, about but yeah, this you album. I recommend both. You want it darker, the title track, and leaving the table. They both very much deal directly with death, mortality, the nature of sin, especially if you don't believe in God. Um, decisions in life, what they meant. He has a dialogue in You Want It Darker and Leaving the Table at times with God, but in a way that like um, he can't tell if he's like bitter that God existed and gave us such a cruel world or if he's like proud to, to sort of reject him. It's very complex and it's no, e it's no simple message. It's just very human. That ideas that I think would creep into anyone's head at some point and it really is just stripped of it's Leonard Cohen stripped of all pretense and it's just sort of elemental Cohen coughing literally like coughing out what I think is some of his best lyrics he literally will in just the first like eight lines of the first song talks about the nature of sin God and Jesus Jesus dying, being crucified, the Holocaust being referenced, and all of this, the world being evil, the problem of evil, and, and then the last line, I'm ready, my Lord, which it sounds extremely cryptic and almost like kind of William Blake by the time he gets to it. So it's just, it is seriously like just the master, a master poet who now has no reason to like, have any pretense no extra flourish she's just elemental to the point and it's very powerful it's it's dark but it's it's kind of nurturing in a way because it's so human it's sure. it's kind of disturbingly human but i highly it's the album itself is like 30 minutes long eight songs i highly recommend it now as me being someone, I, I don't know if I've ever consciously listened to a Leonard Cohen song in really? my life. Oh, like, man. ever. <laughs> is this album a good place to start? Or is this something that you should listen to if you're kind of already a Leonard Cohen fan? No, it's a good place to start. Okay. It is definitely a good place to start. Because it, I, I think so. Because it's short and it is like... To me, it, it is some of his most accessible work, too, because the instrumentation is kind of straightforward, and his voice sounds like that late Johnny Cash kind of gruff. Yeah. And and it's just, like, right to the point. It's just kind of a gut punch from the very beginning. Each song basically about... It's just, like, on your deathbed, what goes through your head. It To me, it's a great place to start. It's a great place to start because it might be his best most accessible album that isn't to say it would get you into his other albums because they're a little different they are a little different okay. kind of more to me he tries to be a little more like high art 
in his other ones that can be a little you gotta really sit down and chew this one just hits you in the gut <laughs> guttural yeah it's very guttural but it's great nice it's very good so yeah it's, uh, check it out I late, should listen to Larry Cohen late now. night that you're feeling dark about humanity god forbid that would ever happen yeah. in 2017 and then once check you it out. <laughs> and then once you're down at the bottom just throw in Tycho's epic yeah you throw that right yeah, back yeah, up. yeah 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 your number two. All right, my number two is Aesop Rocks, The Impossible Kid. Oh yeah, uh, this great album, long time, long time in the making. Like, I think I'm not even gonna pretend like I know, but I know that Aesop Rocks' most recent album, other than this, came out a very long time ago. I think it's the, the Skeleton album or Skeletron or something like that. But Aesop Rock one of like the founders of like underground alternative hip-hop one of the most unique voices mm-hmm. in hip-hop like i know like uh if anyone's a huge fan of like pos or anybody in the underground hip-hop scene in minneapolis like they looked asap rock as someone that influenced them like he was coming up in the same days that like atmosphere was out there yeah. making a name for themselves and this album is kind of about that. It's about becoming this aging icon in the underground hip hop scene. Many of the songs talk about kind of like, there's a song on it called Rings where, you know, people will cut you down just to count your rings and like how people are taking a task for not mm. being relevant anymore. And he talks about how much he liked misses having time to draw and paint like Mm. it's just it's interesting because a lot of times his lyrics are kind of esoteric and they're almost like so abstract and weird and out there (laughs) that you can't really even derive a meaning from it he's like maximalist isn't he like just tons of just images and yeah and he's got he's got a very unique flow like i wouldn't say it's like mf doom's flow but it's similar to mf doom where like no one else has a flow like this guy and i i I pointed this out to maddie once and then we keep laughing about it he's such a unique voice he sounds like he just took like a big hit off a joint <laughs> and you know he's trying not to breathe out like that's what yeah, he sounds like he yeah, sounds yeah, like he's yeah. like holding in a big puff of smoke constantly <laughs> like he just has this really weird rich deep yeah. voice but i feel like sometimes people can be put off by kind of how just weird and abstract like you know that he's always singing about something but it's so heavily laid in metaphor and story that you can't really take anything away from it yeah and i feel like this time he's being a lot more like narrative and telling a story and it's relatable and like there's some really funny tracks on this too like there's a track on this album called kirby and it's all about his cat kirby (laughs) and he's just sitting there watching his cat and like saying like Kirby, why did you just eat that leaf? What's in your... He's trying to get into his cat's mind. Nice. And I will... I mean, other than his unique flow, I think one of my favorite parts about this album is just the production. It's a very... Um, well, going back to my other three, it's very electronic. It's, it's not like your classic kind of gangster rap, and it's nothing like super prog rocky like a Kanye West yeah. or something super like 
1950s sad guitar kind of like Frank Ocean's like it's a very electronic synthetic centered beat and it's heavy use of percussion which is always a big plus for me nice mixed with his flow and it's just very unique and I don't know I just have to like hand it to him for like having the balls to like make an album about getting old but yeah. how it's like it's not like looking back and lamenting the past it's kind of just like accepting it's it's like it's not Leonard Cohen and David Bowie writing albums about death it's just about like living in your midlife yeah. but still wanting to be a hip hop artist at yeah. the same time yeah yeah and if you want to listen to this album in a unique way I think I talked about this a while ago but to release it he made a shot for shot remake of The Shining but with like little action figures and oh, dolls yeah, yeah. Like yeah, little, like that. with paper backgrounds and dolls. Nice. You should post that. I, I'll yeah, post yeah, it, yeah, and yeah, it's, no. it's the entire movie, and then his <laughs> album is just laid <laughs> over the top of it. It's pretty nice. great. Nice. But yeah, and the track I would recommend off this is actually the first track on the album, Mystery Fish. It's the, one of the sickest beats I've ever heard, and his flow is just fucking it'll just it'll get you pumped up for being kind of a more subdued laid back not as intense vocalist it really gets your energy going and gets nice. you ready for this and i don't know just the beat and the music it's all it's fucking rad nice now i would ask you what your number one album is but i think, we have the I same think it might be the same as you my should check out my album. podcast uh, i have a whole podcast shuffy yeah <laughs> shuffy <laughs> Frank Ocean Blonde. Frank Ocean's Blonde. It was definitely my most listened to album, too, I think. I listened to it today. Yeah. There was actually a moment in time when I thought maybe Frank would be my number two, and then I listened to it today. I'm like, no, this it's, is number one. What's What track do you recommend? The track. If you had to pick. I keep going between three. Now, if I want to recommend a track to someone who probably doesn't have as, like, my taste in music, some, just someone, a, a generic person, yeah. I would probably say Nights. Yeah. Nights would be the track I would recommend to someone. It has one of the only kind of beats on the whole album. Mm -hmm. It's catchy. He has a really nice flow. And what I like about it is there's kind of two distinct parts in the song. So you kind of get a nice taste for the whole album because there's kind of like the more energetic, really catchy first part of the song. And then there's kind of this like really chill, kind of darker, almost vaporwave-ish yeah. second half oh, to yeah. the song. Um, and the other two tracks I really love are self-control yeah and close to you close to you nice. is probably my favorite song on it but it's also weird because it's only like a minute long it's a cover of a carpenter song <laughs> yeah, yeah but he reworked the lyrics in it and it's very very electronic sounding which most of the album doesn't sound like that so it's kind of yeah. an anomaly on the album i would say yeah what about you if i had to just recommend one that i thought kind of was like a good just like intro into it it would for me it would be solo because it starts solo. out because it starts out with a great like bravado i just love the the dirty lyrics dancing. at the beginning oh, hand me a towel i'm dirty, dirty dancing by myself yeah give me the tabs there. no i, I love and then and solo. then he also it has great wordplay and imagery throughout 
and it's a fantastic demonstration of his vocals. Some of the the, the, the best singing on the entire album. Yeah, so that one to me it just gets me every time because it has so many parts individually that I like. The you, whole heaven on earth and the sea is on fire and he does that like oh my oh, god. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's one of the few times that he like, really like just Stevie Wonder style yeah. lets it rip. Um but yeah, I love this album Self Control Ivy solo reprise, reprise. Andre 3000 that's like the might be it's the best song on the album. So fucking <laughs> good. I mean, it just shows like yeah. Yeah, speaking of like Aesop Rock talking about becoming an aging hip hop icon yeah, and that like, whole solo reprise oh, yeah. is like all of that jammed into like a minute <laughs> 90, 30. Yeah. Exactly. And even like White Ferrari, beautiful song. Godspeed. God, yeah. I love that. I mean, he sounds like Stevie Wonder to me. Mm-hmm. The song Futura Free, I feel like is very underrated because it's the last song, but it's incredibly good. Well, and like, that's like, I feel good. like where most of the album, I feel he's kind of just alluding to vague feelings of love and hate and yeah. sadness. Futura Free is like the most blatantly biographical. Like he literally just opens it. All talks up. Yeah. about all of his feelings. He talks about how him and Tyler the Creator don't really hang out that much. Like it's like the most real yeah. shit on the yeah. album, I'd say. Yeah. But I feel like I agree. It's kind of underappreciated because it kind of can come across as like stream of consciousness, yeah, especially that first part yeah. where he's like singing about like the mama stuff yeah. and the pitched up vocals. Yeah. And... But no, it's a great album. And like we said on the podcast, which you should check out. Yeah. If I... you really want to hear us talk about <laughs> this album, there's two hours of us talking about this album. But it's again, it's one of the few albums that banks so heavily on nostalgia, but it's never sentimental. It's never just like super sweet like oh i missed the good old days it's just that hits that perfect register of of just kind of like observing nostalgia yeah it which is it, rare it's, it's very like rare it actually i feel i feel like it accurately captures the feeling of nostalgia because i feel like it's so easy to like only 90s kids will remember like how everyone loves to say how much better things were in the past yeah but if you actually sit there and think about it <laughs> If you were to try to go back and do that right now, A, it would never be the same, and B, yeah. it just, it'd probably suck. Yeah. So, like, I feel like he accurately, sonically captures that feeling of, like, wanting to be in the past, but realizing that it can never be and accepting that. Yeah. Almost. Exactly. Like, the bittersweetness of it. Yep. Exactly. And how you can't live in memories because you still need to live in the present. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. You I know, don't know. And I gotta say, by I think when we fir- when I first reviewed it, at least I think I said like I love the album, but I don't know if I thought it was really that coherent. But it's astoundingly coherent. It's an flows album. So, like, the whole album is. A, I don't know if I stress that enough. It's a true. It truly is an album to listen to front to back. I put it on today, and I like. I didn't even realize it ended. Like every track just. Yeah. It flows into the next yep. one somehow. And yeah, he, I don't know, he hits like every emotional register, I feel, somehow in a not blatant, like, hit you over the top of the head way. Yeah. It's a 
intellectually smart way but you know there's anger there's sadness there's guilt there's glee there's love there's hate there's yeah. it's all on there yeah like you can tell that he like disappeared for four years and worked on this yeah thing. he really did yeah no it's awesome it's easily e- it was probably the easiest of the albums for me to pick mm-hmm. I knew that would be number one and I don't even like R&B I don't even like rap. I don't even <laughs> like folk music. I don't like ambient music. It's crazy. He doesn't like anything. I hate music. It, God damn. That, these albums were so good <laughs> that the guy who hates music likes these five I like albums. I like it. Well, I think that'll wrap this up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to our top five albums of 2015. Because yeah. it's February 2016 right now. Who would have hooting to Trump's never going to win? That'd be <laughs> fucking America would never do that. Crazy. No one's dumb enough to do that. I guess Hillary will be all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, so if you guys listened to the episode I just put out last week or whatever... Uh, I I announced that there were going to be some change. It was a very short episode. There's going to be changes. There's going to be some changes. A sequel? Yeah. A prequel? A prequel. A trilogy? Basically, I said that we were going to be focusing more on kind of the genre and artist-specific episodes just because it seems like you, the listeners, responded better to them. And actually, the only people that reached out to me after putting that out were two people who said we like the old shuffle episodes hmm. so i think what i want to do for now is alienate our diehard fans yeah just fuck them same bye bye yeah yeah that's a good no idea. in a way because yeah. <laughs> even though you're the only two who reached out to me the the listen the facts don't lie as much as most of the people who run our country right now would beg to differ <laughs> We just get way more people listen to the special ones. So yeah. I feel like rather than doing the majority of normal shuffle episodes and then every once in a while doing a special, we're going to do the majority special and then maybe every once in a while do a throwback to yeah. the old yeah. ones. No cold turkey, but I'm just going to shift the weight. Of and especially if there's like a audience created yeah. playlist for, yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. So I think that's, I'm not positive as of right now what the next episode's going to be. I know we've talked a bit about maybe a Jandek episode something. It'll be something, something like that. But something. something strange will come down the pipeline. But thank you everyone for listening. Let us know what your top albums of whatever this last year you think it was is. Mm-hmm. And we will see you as soon as we can. Dominic, say something offensive. Um, can't wait for Hillary to be president. It's gonna be great. 20, 2017 can't wait. It's gonna be. I think it will be the greatest year of American history. 